Hello and welcome to Reading the Room, a psychic exploration. My name is Adam. I'm joined here by Pam. Hello, Pam. Well, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm so good. Thank you. And we're joined by Kate. Hello, Kate. Hi. Hi. <sighs> What's up? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Katie said you were watching the Queen's Jubilee. Long live the Queen. Woo! That looks like so much fun. <laughs> Woo! Everybody's saying long live the Queen. Putting that out there really has helped her because she's really old. How old is she? Old enough to have 70 years on the throne, but I don't know off the top Ooh. of my head. Yeah, she like um she's be low low two hundreds at this point, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But long live um, the queen. It's not even a, a wish at this point. It's just a declarative statement. Long live that queen. Yeah. yeah. Keep going, yeah. baby. Let's see if she can reach that max 120. I was reading in our article yesterday and it was about the longevity of like human life and like what's the longest. So some scientists did a breakdown of like what's the longest a human being could actually live. And at this point in time, the maximum is 150. So what? holy wow. Shit. Maybe she'll make it to like 120, something like that. Yeah. Maybe. I'm hoping. I'm going to put that out there for her. I hope she starts feeling better because it's the first time that she's been not able to attend events this year based on her health. So I'm really hoping that she can turn it around. Keep on going. 120. Yeah. 150. God, can you even imagine? Be awesome. Yeah. Can you imagine all the places that you'll walk into and because our system's so broken, 140 year old people will be serving you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a hundred. I've been doing this for a hundred years. Wow. Dang. So when I hit 50, I felt like I was getting old. But when you say 150, I'm just like, man, that is crazy. It ain't nothing, yeah. baby. Yeah. What's new? I just got back from a little up north trip, had a lot of fun with my friends i went to my friend rosaria's house and she had a bonfire and she has a a pool and they played bocce ball and they made a lot of food and my other friends were there and it was a really good time we laughed a lot i I bought a game and we played it and it's always a good time going up north. I hope everybody else had a fun weekend. Did you guys have a fun weekend? Yes. I watched the Platinum Jubilee celebration and felt jealous that I couldn't go. Long love the queen. What about you, Adam? <laughs> I had a good weekend. I stalked some people that were having fun up north. Oh. <laughs> Was that you behind the tree? Yeah, with the yeah the binoculars, dressed like yeah. Dogman. <laughs> Dogman. I've had several requests for us to do dog man. So we're going to have to put that up there. <laughs> what is dog man? The dog man of Michigan. Yeah. Dog man of Michigan. That's a, that is a big. Um, glad I can edit this out because I can't come up with words. It is a Midwestern cryptid. Uh, the dog man is a dog-shaped man or a man-shaped dog? I don't really know which one, but uh, it lives in the in the forest and it lives on the periphery of man, so it's always spying on people. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds cool. 
Yeah, we know somebody or I know somebody who says that she's had a run in with the dog man. So she said she would come on and talk about it. So we'll have to have her on sometime. So it's like a werewolf sort of. Um. Yeah, but more like, you know, uh, wolves are not friendly. Dogs are friendly. So it's not as dangerous, I don't think. So it comes up and licks your face. Oh, like Bella. So listeners, my dog Bella's come to the party. She likes the idea of this dog, man. Oh, she's wondering. Maybe we could talk about that more sometime. (laughs) That's so funny. I've never seen her jump up until we talked about the dog, man. Oh, she's really interested. Huh? She wants to be on the podcast. I'm so jelly of you guys because. Katie, you've got the cutest dogs. And then Adam, I feel like your dog should be on TV. He's so awesome. Charlie. Charlie is an amazing dog. He's uh, one of a kind. But he's getting crankier as he gets older. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He will um, just occasionally decide that he really wants something and that that is the pressing need of the entire household. And so oh. he will come up to you and ask for it. And then if you don't give it to him right away he will start to audibly complain oh so the last time we took him last time we took him to the vet our vet called us and he's like hey uh charlie doesn't seem very happy can you come and get him <laughs> oh, really, oh, really? What's, wow what's going That's on so he's like oh yeah he just keep keeps telling us that keeps telling us how to do our job oh <laughs> he wants to go home I like it when animals are vocal. Our cats can be quite vocal. We had a collie when the kids were growing up and she always had something to say. And I always got a kick out of, of that. I always like to watch collies and huskies in, in video clips to just watch them talk back. Mouthy, mouthy dogs. Mm-hmm. We did a video on uh, Johnny and Amber. Did you guys get that one right? Yeah, yeah we did. We did. Yep. We said that he would win, but that he wouldn't get everything he asked for. Oh, yeah. that That's, yeah. Now I remember. That's what she said. <laughs> yep. I don't know how she's going to afford to pay him because I don't know that she's going to be invited to do too many movies after this. Yeah, she's not going to be able to pay him back. I was trying to look up some short stories for us to do mini readings on to see if there's anything we could add here. So I'm just looking to see here what is out there. All right, here we go. I got 50 of the strangest unsolved mysteries of all time. The Somerton Man is on here. Mm-hmm. So we already did that. So we're not going to talk about it. D.B. Cooper's the next one. <laughs> Where do you think I get these lists? <laughs> um, okay, so there was a bombing on Wall Street in 1920. Have you heard of this? Mm-mm. Okay, so during the... During the lunch rush on Wall Street on on a September day in 1920, a nondescript man driving a cart passed an old horse forward in front of the USSI building across from J.P. Morgan. He stopped his cart, got down, and immediately disappeared to the ground. Minutes later, the cart exploded into a hall of metal fragments, immediately killing more than 30 people and injuring 30. The aftermath was horrific, and the The death toll kept rising as the day wore on and more victims succumbed to their injuries. In the beginning, it wasn't obvious that the explosion was an intentional act of terrorism. It was viewed simply as an accident. Maintenance crews cleaned up the damage overnight, plus throwing away any physical evidence that would be crucial to identifying the perpetrator. 
By the next morning, Wall Street was back in business. Conspiracy theories were abundant, but the New York police and fire departments, the FBI, and the Secret Service were on the job to find out the truth. Each lead was actively pursued, and the Bureau investigated hundreds of people who'd been around that before, during, and after the attack, but collected very little information. A few recollections of the driver and wagon were vague and useless. The NYPD was able to reconstruct the bomb and fuse mechanism, but there was much debate about the nature of the explosive. However, the most promising lead had actually come prior to the explosion. A mailman had found four cruddedly spelled and printed flyers in the Wall Street area from a group calling itself the American Anarchist Fires that demanded the release of political prisoners. The letters seemed similar to the ones that used in previous year in two bombing campaigns, which were led by Italian anarchists. The Bureau investigated up and down the East Coast to trace the printing of these flyers, but they were unsuccessful. Based on the bomb attacks over the previous decade, the Bureau initially suspected followers of the Italian anarchist Luigi Gallinini had committed the crime, but the case couldn't be proved and Gallinini had already fled the country. Over the next three years, hot leads turned into cold, promising trails, turned into dead ends, and in the end, the bombers were not identified. I never heard of that before. Let's look at Luigi. I will look at him. Yeah. Wall Street bombing of 1920. I never had heard of that either. What about you, Adam? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. What do we get about the Wall Street bombing of 1920? One last shuffle. Wall Street bombing of 1920. I already know. Oh, okay. You already, well, you oh, you already know. Yeah, I already know. I think. So go ahead I'll, and go ahead I'll, and tell me. I want you, you to tell me before I tell you. Okay, let me tell you what I'm getting. I'm getting that it was a frustrated person. Was it a group of people? I think so. But was it Luigi? Was it Luigi? No. I was picking up that it wasn't a. It wasn't Luigi, but it was some sort of anarchist group that was together. That's what I see here. Was that they Luigi? were frustrated? No, was an anarchist group. It looks like people who felt like they were working hard for a little. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it was like people who were acting one way, but probably like, I feel like maybe this group was very private and quiet mm-hmm. and people didn't know who was in it. But I feel like the group had women and men in it mm-hmm. because I'm getting a strong woman presence. I got two strong, a strong woman, strong men, and then feeling like there was a relationship and balance, feeling like on the outside looking in, but that there was a structure and organized, like it was organized crime thing. And then they had a lot of money, but they didn't have a lot of support for their demographic, Mm -hmm. like whatever it was. Okay. Like a strong couple in this situation. Like, like if there was a man, his and uh, like there was a couple and the woman knew what the man was doing she had a voice in it but i definitely feel like she was for it okay i got another story we've talked about this before but not on the podcast so i'm gonna read you guys this story and then we'll talk about it so the disturbing death of eliza lamb so if you guys watch netflix it's it's something that was covered 
was it on Netflix or was it just something that was online? I think it was on Netflix. Okay. So for those of you who haven't heard of it, on January 23rd, 2013, a 21-year-old Canadian tourist, Eliza Lamb, checked into the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, it was for the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. When she never checked out on February 1st, nor had any contact with her parents, the Los Angeles Police Department was contacted. On February 19th, 18 days from the time that she was last seen, Eliza Lamb's body was found floating and naked in water tank on the roof of the Cecil Hotel. Her body was found due to the hotel guests and complaining about the hotel's water pressure. One couple even reported that the water was coming out black and had a bad taste. So yeah, That's we so did gross. we did watch this on Netflix. We talked about it, and the water was rotten, and people were drinking it. Oh, so gross. Mm-hmm. And so, according to the hotel's manager, when Eliza Lamb had originally checked in, she was staying at the hostel-style room with other travelers, but later was moved to her own private room due to complaints from her roommates about her odd behavior. The last time she was seen was on surveillance footage in the hotel's elevator. The footage shows Lamb acting strange and peculiar, almost like she was hiding. She also moved her hands in a weird, inhumane ways and looked like she was talking to someone who was out of the security camera's view. So for those of you who haven't seen this video, you should definitely Google it because it's the it's the oddest video. It mm-hmm. She's like standing there she it's almost like it seems like she's having some sort of people thought she was talking to a ghost or something was going on it was really really strange after her body and the surveillance video were found it was suggested that she was on some sort of hallucinogenic drug even though lamb took four different medications for her bipolar disorder Toxicology studies reported that there was no traces of any drugs or alcohol that would have contributed to her death. There was also a theory that she was murdered and died as a result of drowning, that the autopsy reported there was no evidence of trauma. To this day, no one knows how she was able to access the roof or climb into the water tank and shut the 20-pound lid on herself. Can you imagine being one of the people that took a shower in in her gross dead body water? I would drink it. Just drink it. Throw up. I would just throw up. And every day of my life, thinking back to that would make me throw up. That case is 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 really strange because they were saying that even though they looked at her system, she didn't have any drugs in her system that would have made her hallucinate. And it really looks like she's hallucinating in the videos. Mm -hmm. But didn't they say that she had had some mental health issues and that she went off of her medicine and that could cause her to have hallucinations they did yeah what do you pick up about eliza lamb well i'm picking up that i'm picking up that we're gonna find out more in the future because i have the hangman card Mm -hmm. um i'm getting that somebody was with her it looked like she was talking to somebody which is not what I expected. Honestly, I expected that she was hallucinating. She went up there on her own, but it looks like there was somebody with her. It's weird that you got the hangman card. Cause I also got the hangman card as an outcome to her situation in the moment. And then this other card, which is the seven of pentacles, which means I've that got somebody's that too. sitting and thinking and wondering, like all, all these people are wondering like what happened to her. 
Oh, wait. Yeah. My last card is the the five of swords, which is like an argument. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I feel like somebody helped her to her death. I keep picking up a lot of relationship cards. I have relationship yeah, cards I do for too. her. I do too. Okay. So we both have all the relationship cards. So yes. there's so did a man help her to her death? Yes. Was he a real alive man or was he a ghost? Not a ghost. So did he have bad intentions all along? Yes. I feel like do you have she this was, one? She was hanging out on Skid Row. No, I don't have that one. So I feel like because of this one that he was a little bit younger than her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was hanging out in Skid Row. And I feel like she was trying to be generous. Mm-hmm. And that this person is not a good person and they took advantage of it. I feel like they didn't necessarily murder her, but they might have they might have convinced her to get in there and then blocked it so she couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. Which would be murder. But I mean like but I feel like they took advantage of a strange situation mm-hmm. as opposed to physically doing something to her and putting her in there. I feel well, like she was hang- hanging out on the roof with, with this other person. Well, that's disturbing. The Cecil Hotel is just disturbing in general. The whole hotel is just well, creepy. What are you getting from that? Are you getting that she was with somebody? I kept picking up relationship, relationship. Like there was yeah. something going on that she maybe have been with somebody and that we will find out later. Like something's going to come yeah. up. People are worried about it. People, people are wondering. Like that, somebody confessed? that documentary came out last year. So it's definitely still a little bit on everyone's radar, you know? Yeah. I definitely think that like when I see the hangman in a reading, it's like, oh, you will find out what's happening. Just not yet. So I don't feel, I feel like maybe there's some sort of proof or something. I don't feel like it's a confession, but I feel like maybe this person will tell somebody and they'll come forward. But I feel like it's a younger male who, mm-hmm. who was playing dangerous games with her and she got killed. And, and I feel like it was that his intention. I think after a while, that was his intention. Yeah. But she made it easy for him because I feel like he could convince her to do things. Mm-hmm. Did he take her on the roof? Was that his idea? Was that his idea? So I feel like, yeah, this person was a dangerous person. And it was his idea to go on the roof. Poor girl. Just horrible. That poor girl. Yeah. Want to do one more? Sure. I got one more for you. Okay. This one, this one, somebody brought up to me. I can't remember who I think it was Alex. Somebody, she brought, somebody brought it up to me. I think it was her, but it might've been somebody else. So if it was you and and I'm mistaken, I'm sorry, but the solder children disappearance, this was brought up recently to me of something we should feature on the show. So on the night before Christmas in 1945 in Fayetteville, West Virginia, George and Jean Sodder were asleep with nine of their children when a fire started in the house around one in the morning. George, Jeannie, and four of their children managed to escape. The remaining children, 14-year-old Maurice, 12-year-old Martha, 9-year-old Louis, 8-year-old Jeannie, and 5-year-old Betty still remained in the house. Between the five of them, they shared two bedrooms located upstairs. 
George broke into the house to save the rest of the children, but the staircase was on fire. When he went outside to retrieve his ladder, it was missing from its original spot. Plus, both his and trucks, which were going to use to stand up on top of, but were strangely not there. Marion, one of the children who escaped the fire, ran into the neighbor's house to phone the fire department, but the operator didn't pick up. When another neighbor called, the operator failed to pick up the phone again. That same neighbor actually drove to town and found the fire chief in person, F.J. Morris, and told him about the fire. However, even though the fire station was located a mere 2.5 miles away from the house, the firefighters didn't reach the solder home until 8 a.m., seven hours after the fire began. When they got there, the house was literally burnt to ash. Wow, that's a long time to put it on. Yeah, what the heck is this? Authorities sifted through the ash to try and find the remains of the missing five children, but nothing was found, and they were presumed dead due to the fire. Morris suggested that the fire was so hot that it literally cremated the children's bodies, including their bones. While that theory sounds reasonable, it's not entirely accurate because even when flesh is burned away, bones are typically left behind. Additionally, there was no smell of burning flesh reported during or after the fire. The cause of the fire was deemed to be bad wiring, and the five missing children were issued death certificates. Soon after the fire, George and Jeannie began to suspect that their children were not dead, but instead kidnapped, and the fire was deliberately set as a diversion. In fact, George had the wiring checked earlier that fall by the power company, which they had deemed the wiring to be safe and in working order. While the fire was in progress, a woman came forward and said she saw all five missing children peering from a passing car. Another woman who was staying at a Charleston hotel had seen the children's photos in a newspaper and said she's seen four of the five a week after the fire. The children were accompanied by two women and two men, all of Italian ancestry. She said in a statement, I tried to talk to the children in a friendly manner, but the men appeared hostile and wouldn't allow it. From the 1950s until Jeannie Sauter's death in the 1980s, the Sauter family maintained a billboard on State Route 16 with pictures of the five vanished children and offering a reward for information. The last known surviving Sauter child, Sylvia, still doesn't believe her siblings perished in the fire. To this day, they have never been found. Isn't that the first time I've heard this story? Very, very intriguing. And I already did my cards on it. All right. What the do first you get? card I'm getting is travel. So I feel like that I feel like this is true. I feel like the children were kidnapped and the fire was started because of that. What I'm getting is definitely like a couple. Did the couple want did the a couple raise all the children? Were t- did two couples raise the children? So did they go back to Italy? I've heard a little bit about this before. On what I'm picking up is that. They were just stolen, kidnapped, taken to Italy and raised. The old Italian goodbye. (laughs) The old Italian goodbye. Yeah. Okay. So I just pulled some cards. And here's what's interesting. Okay. There's only one card that means fire. One. And it's when the sun's in a reverse position. Yeah. It can mean a house fire. So I thought that Mm -hmm. that's that's interesting, right? Mm -hmm. 
And then you talked about a car. It was mentioned in, in the story, but here I have the chariot, which talks about a car ride. Mm-hmm. So there was a couple. Is that what you said? Or is that in the story? That's in the story, but I'm getting a couple. I got a couple. Yeah. You got a couple. And then I got a family here. Yeah. And then I got changes relating to that family. So, and then I've got children here. I will yeah. agree. I don't think that those kids died. I do think that they I also were, have celebration. Yeah. I do think that they were kidnapped. Weird. To see if they lived a good life or if these people were terrible to them. The solder children that were kidnapped, were they loved? Hmm. Interesting. It says they were. Are you getting that too? Let me check. Yeah, I think so. I'm picking up a yes, but I also got several cards that talked about family. We want to be a family. So Mm -hmm. yeah, kind of a messed up way to do it. You'd think if you're going to collect some kids, you would just go to the orphanage. Right? Yeah, and I was just like wondering. Yeah, they're begging I, you to take those things. Yeah, yeah. Just go to get some orphans. Yeah. So, did they do this to punish the parents? No. Did they do this because they just thought the Sutter children were so delightful? No. Did they do this because they knew that these people had lots of kids and they left some, <laughs> left, left some children for them and took some? Yeah. That's crazy. You can't just go around stealing people's kids. I like these ones. I'll take them. But it happens. Kids. Let's raise them. Yeah. Were the Sutter, did they think the Sutter kids were being mistreated? Is that why they took them? No. Huh. They just wanted them for themselves. Did they just want them? Yeah. Did all the Sutter kids that that were kidnapped, did they grow up? In one family, no. Two families, two families that saw each other often, yes. Then the, these children ever think they should reach out as adults? No. Were they convinced that, I'm not sure exactly, were they convinced that their family died in the fire? No. Did they sort of brainwash them not to reach out? I think so. So, well, that's interesting. What else did you get from that, Kate? Oh, that's all I got. That's all I wanted oh. to know. So that's all I looked at to see if they were, if that was legit or not. If, well, if how the interesting. kids died or not. So, so story time. Mm-hmm. Well, stories here and there. Well, something different for you guys. Yeah. Three fast ones mm-hmm. instead of one long one. Mm-hmm. It's the TikTok a podcast. No, that's not. That's not what it is. The, we could um, start doing that though. Short story. <laughs> Short story podcasting. That's, yeah. That's cool. Hey, you guys. You know what's coming up in one month? One month in two days. No. What? I think I do. What is it? <laughs> oh, I do know. Anniversary. It's Woo! our birthday. What are you going to get me? I mean, you're going to get me. <laughs> That's so cool. Mm-hmm. What well, been, this has been a fun year. It sure has. Lots of changes for you guys this last year. Yeah. Huh. Well, 
happy anniversary do you guys remember that from the flintstones happy anniversary happy anniversary happy anniversary happy anniversary anniversary. no i don't remember that from the flintstones but (laughs) i do remember from anniversary parties are you sure it's from the are you sure that it's from the Flintstones and not just anniversary? I don't know. I do not know if it originated with the Flintstones, but that's the first time I ever saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Fred and Wilma were having an anniversary and um, their friends made a big deal out of it, sing that song. So we were talking about doing something for our listeners. Do we want to tell them what it is now or should we have them stay tuned to see what's going to happen? What a teaser. Yeah, they, you guys got to stay tuned. You you don't get to know anything right now. Stay tuned because we're going to have something fun for you coming up for our anniversary, our number one birthday. If you guys are interested in what we are going to be doing for our first anniversary, please make sure to contact us and stay tuned. Woo-hoo. And as always... Bye-bye.